Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing. And that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and we're back. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. It's been a minute. When we last did this, we were in a uh, pre-Avengers world, a pre-Game of Thrones breaking my heart world. Um, It was a simpler time when we last had an episode. You know, I thought we'd take like two minutes before Stefan leaned into the misery, but we took 50 seconds. Also with us, Lavender Gooms. May the 6th be with you. Great. Or 7th. Yeah, I guess yeah, I remember you, talking into the when you, uh, when you listen to this, yeah. Exactly. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, sorry we had to miss last week. Um, as the only person who knows how to record this thing, I was unavailable. Um I- I will say, Bob, that I was thinking about it earlier today. Um, I know we're in May, but updated New Year's resolution. I will relearn how to record this podcast for you. I mean, considering wasn't Mike with you, Bob, I feel like the podcast would have just been me and Mark talking about Avengers, and it would have been a confusing episode for MMA fans. That's pretty much describes the last two months of this podcast. Uh, Mike, what were, what were the questions you wanted us to discuss? What was the, your request before we started this podcast about a topic we should discuss? Oh, well, for the listeners who, you know, aren't privy to what we uh, discussed before the podcast, you All know, of them. All, that's 100 percent. Yes, <laughs> I was going to get to that. But uh, we were, you know, shooting the shit and uh, we were talking about, um, you know, would Mike Tyson be able to be a gorilla who's, you know, like moderately sedated? And uh, I think we were having a pretty uh, nice, intelligent conversation on that matter. I mean, and, three uh, of us I, were. You were contending that Mike Tyson had a chance, but I sure. Think it, for context, people, this is all based off of a real reality show in which animals competed against athletes. Oh, right, yeah. Events. It was amazing. It was one of the most fantastic things reality television has ever done. Um, I believe, spoiler alert, the animals won across the board, I think. That's, was there anything that a human wanted? I was going to say, that sounds about right. I'm imagining the animals won. Mike, sorry, yeah, continue. If, if I'm right, what precipitated that conversation about Mike Tyson and the uh, you know, moderately sedated gorilla was uh, Steph talking about how Michael Phelps, Michael Phelps uh, raced a shark. Was Is that correct? I mean, sure. I don't remember. I mean, I'm just going to take his I word for it. What, any what? Type of- Why not? Let's just say it and move on. Speak with confidence and people will believe it. Well, Go ahead. I posed the question to Bobby that perhaps we should have a uh, future podcast where we just shoot the shit and talk about what MMA fighters could beat what animals and what possible conditions or handicaps the animal would need for the MMA fighter to have a chance. If Khabib any. Khabib versus that bear. The rematch, yeah, but that was a baby. But you see, that's the one rematch. But that's one of those conditions I'm talking about. That was a child Khabib versus a child bear. I could beat up a child bear. Come on, 
Okay, that's the one I, I want to see. I was going to say, here we are. The child bear, and I got money on the child bear. I was going to say, like, Mike, the second Mike pops this bear in the face is when Mike turns into lunch. <laughs> I just see Mike after being like, man, I didn't know that bear would be in such good shape. He's a good in shape bear. Like, yeah, hold, on, hold on, hold on. But this can't be like a child bear who's already been out for like a year because that's going to be a monster. I'm talking about like a baby bear. Like Mike needs that newborn. Year and a half bear. Okay? He's like, congrats, <laughs> mama bear. Mike's about to fight your baby. Let's face it. Habib is probably wrestling like a two-month-old bear, maybe. Okay. Like, I still, yeah, I still bear, I'm still taking the bear. I'm sorry. I'm still taking the bear in this situation. You don't think I could take a two month old bear? Don't you have like a bad knee, a bad back? Aren't you being held together by you know like I'm a picture of a two month old bear to see what I'm talking about? I want like, you to. The bear's gonna scratch you, and then you're gonna tap out. I was gonna say, Mike, I want you, don't you to want anymore after that scratch. Just keep reading until the part about how bears eat you from the legs and could give a shit if you're still alive, and you tell me how this is gonna go for you. Okay. Ooh, how about this? Uh, one thing you learned from the Joe Rogan podcast is that. The way wolves eat deer is that they basically eat them from the ass all the way to the front. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Gross. All right. Thank you for uh, that, Mike. Your bear is going to eat you. And we're going to lose all the, we're gonna, those wolves. We're going to lose. We're going to lose all this knowledge that Mike drops on us. Yeah. You know what? Two month old bears kind of look big. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I Mike doesn't know what he's committed to. Um, I could take a polar bear. Two-month-old polar bear looks like a pussy. A polar but... bear is a killing machine. Just because it's in a goddamn soft drink commercial doesn't mean you think you can take it. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? All right. I take it back because when I went to Google Images, I typed in two-month-old bear, but for some reason, they returned 19-month-old bear. Yeah, that one will kill me. Two-month-old bears? I'll kick that shit. I'm just... The man's got an advanced degree. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen... We are in the era of Dad Cerrone. My man Ally Quinto went out there. Didn't go well, Mark. Uh, good time, I guess. Solid fight. Uh, me and Stefan had it on in the background while we ate chicken wings and the Warriors lost <laughs> on the other TV. Um, but uh, just Donald Cerrone keeping, that, uh, keeping the hot streak going here. Another great performance, huh? Yeah, fantastic performance. And this has been his second fight moving back down to lightweight and... I guess I just don't remember his his fight against Alexander the Great that well because did he look that much bigger than Alexander too? Because he looked like a one seventy pounder in there with Al in this fight. Did you guys notice that too? Like this dude seemed like a fucking giant. He looked he looked Cerrone way looked, he looked massive. Cerrone looked gigantic. Yeah, Cerrone's a big fifty five or two. Yes, and just like when he was fighting at fifty five before, I didn't really think of him as like a big fifty five. But in this fight, I was like, holy shit, he's dwarfing Al. Um, and, and to give Al some some credit here, you know, he did steal a round away from Cerrone. I think it was the second round. He landed some good shots. And there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth in this fight. You know, if you just look at the results and see, you know, 49, uh, 45 and 49, 46, you might think it was, you know, maybe not as competitive as it was. But Al was super game as Bobby was fully aware that he was going to be um, in this fight. But really what it came down to is uh, Donald Cerrone really controlled the outside super well. His jab was on point. And he was just landing the cleaner punches. Al definitely got some of his own. And a couple times where I was like, oh, Cerrone's kind of walking away with this. He's got the distance down. He's really picking apart Al. Al came back. You know, he answered the call. And there was times where I was like, yeah, he can't figure out the outside. He was able to parry some jabs and get inside in the pocket and throw some really heavy, heavy punches. And he landed on Cerrone. He definitely hurt Cerrone. I think it was in the second round. He kind of dropped him, at least wobbled him a little bit. 
But there was a lot of times where Al was landing some big shots and they just weren't super solid, right? He wasn't getting full contact. He was just kind of, they weren't like grazing. They, they were landing pretty good, but you just look at the jab Cerrone was landing and you just see Al's head getting rocked back. You can see him uh, taking the full impact of those blows. Um, and by the fourth round, Al's face was just a fucking mess. He was cut up. His eye was almost completely shut. He'd never the, been dropped before in a fight. He'd never been dropped. And I think he got dropped two or three two times. It was like three little, times. Yeah. And one was off one of these jabs because um, they were just landing. So they were just so impactful, really strong and just landing just flush right on the dome. And it was really marking him up too. you know, um, Al was just his face was wearing it really bad. And, and Cerrone did a, an awesome job also breaking down the legs as well. And I think really what we got got to see here is just the halt, the heart of um, Al Quinta. Dude had no giving him. Even in the last round when Matt Sarah's telling him, like, you got to go for broke. Like, there's no decision you're going to win in this fight. Even if you basically knock him down five times, there's no way the points are going to add up in your favor. You have to finish this fight. And to Al's credit, he was. The whole fight he was trying to put Cerrone away. He just didn't have the power for a guy that big, and he just couldn't get in – in the pocket often enough to land those big shots to really be able to constantly put Cerrone on, on the back heel or even win a lot of rounds. But so Al, see, you know, Al seems like one of those, like um, he has to like control the pace kind of fighters. Like when he's, when he's dictating the terms of the combat, he seems to be, be you know, he seems to be handle the situation better. Like the mm -hmm. fights where he doesn't go so well, it seems like he's acting, he's countering more to what the other guy's doing. And when he can't get off first and can't really lead the dance, I guess for, putting in those terms i guess <clears throat> it's hard for him to really do like get the w like with the kevin lee fight this last one al did look great because al pretty much dictated how that fight was gonna go he just yeah. pretty much controlled what was happening where it was happening and i wouldn't even say that it was all just like, like like i said this fight was a lot closer than the scorecard tells you and it's not even like Cerrone was just like master class he couldn't get inside at all like like i said al had moments where he's able to to parry the jab to block some kicks, to counter off a low kick. That was probably the punch he landed the best was a counter off a low kick overhand right. It was mostly just Al not being able to consistently get in the pocket and have Cerrone stay there with him to land those shots or get Cerrone against the cage. We'd able to get in the pocket and Cerrone wouldn't have easy exits to get out. A lot of times, you know, Cerrone was able to pick him apart on the outside. And when Al was able to kind of rage in and get inside the pocket, he just wasn't able to, to land enough shots consistently to to win rounds or even hurt Cerrone to a point where he had any real opportunities to end this fight where Cerrone had a lot of there's a lot of times he dropped Al and given a better position given some solid ground and pound he could have put this fight away given a mistake on Al's part he could have snatched a submission um it was a fantastic um performance by Donald Cerrone I know I've been putting a lot on Al because I think a lot of credit needs to go his way just with the heart and the determination he had but Cerrone look, has looked great um, the motivation that his son has been giving him has been fantastic. Oh, yeah, I think this is the third fight for him post-kid. Because I yeah. think that first one, when he just seemed like he was taking out all of his frustrations with Mike Winklejohn on poor uh, Platinum Perry was the first one. And then now he's at two at lightweight, I think you said? Yeah, yeah. so he's on a three-fight win streak. And he's he's noticed that, too. He he, he mentioned it in the, the post-fight uh, interview that, you know, this is a big motivating factor. He brought in his kid, which was super sweet and cute. Um, but this is, and this is a good thing for Donald because we've mentioned in the past, and I've constantly pointed to that Nate Diaz fight where he mentally just broke in that fight. And I think he said in an interview after this fight that the old Donald Cerrone probably would have broken in this fight. He wouldn't have had the stamina or the hot heart to continue on as hard as he did against Al. But this motivating factor of, of having a son has really pushed him to a new level. And he's looked awesome. And he called out this after this fight, he basically said he wants the belt at lightweight 
or a fight with Conor McGregor, which, you know, there was a lot of rumors that that might have happened. And I think he's deserving of both those things. Um, I, the lightweight division is a probably the biggest clusterfuck division oh, yeah. that he has right now. So having him be a clear contender for the title, I mean, a little get- weird, but... Not out of the realm. I mean, he's he's in that conversation for sure. Didn't somebody else just win and is a clear contender? I mean, look, Mike, let's get into it here. There's a new champion. That's the clear contender. That is that's true. There's a new champion of that weight class, is what it is. Um, um, Mike, I don't want to be as negative. I mean, we aren't really negative at this point, but like, is there even a point for us to be like they should match up this guy with this guy? Because I've kind of reached a point where I'm like, I look at the card the week of just to be like, what ha- what's happening? Like, just tell me like right before the fight start which ones I'm watching. You know, because there doesn't appear to be a plan on any level. Yeah, pretty much. I think at this point with most of the weight divisions, they're not following the the, the typical um, game plan, as you will, where it's uh, there's going to be a number one contender fight. And then, you know, for sure, for a fact, that number one contender is going to fight the champion because, of course, the number one contender is going to fight the champion. That hasn't been the case with a lot of divisions in the UFC in the last year or two, uh, particularly with the the lightweight division. Um, I think with most people in the lightweight division, um, for them, I think it's mostly I want to fight Connor and oh, maybe you guys can will disagree with me, but I think for a lot of them, it's I want to fight Connor, and I guess if. Connor won't come out of retirement for me. I guess I'll fight for the championship. I guess I've had a few in a row. Sure, I'll do that. I mean, the belts officially mean nothing. That's a fair way of putting it, to be honest. Well, uh, well we, we know it does mean something because um, we were bitching. And at least I was, I don't know, I was bitching and moaning for a few years where, you know, intercontinental, intercontinental, interim championships, you know, what are they for? What are they for? But if you're an interim champion, you get pay-per-view points. Um, so well, at the I very think, least, even if it's a meaningless belt, you know, the money you get from the pay-per-view points isn't meaningless. And I mean, at, and at this point too, fighting and beating Conor McGregor is kind of like an interim belt in and of itself, right? You beat Conor in a, it, one, you're going to be made. That, that's, that's more valuable than a belt. It, it probably is. You're probably going to get paid more because one, you're going to get pay-per-view points probably because you're going to be on the main event, right? Headlining with Conor. You're going to be making fat stacks off those pay-per-view points. You could probably even negotiate a good payout for that fight in and of itself. And what? And if you're able to beat Conor McGregor, I mean, I think obviously your star power goes way up, so they're much more inclined to have you fight for that belt. So it's kind of like it's it might it probably is in all cases and purposes more valuable to get a win over Conor McGregor right now than it is to hold one of the three interim belts that is flying around at lightweight right so and and that's a big money fight so i think everyone that is kind of in the position that donald cerrone is is going to be making those call out because it's just basically saying like i want to get paid as much as possible for my next fight which is what everyone wants yeah um and if they want to run him and nate back if they can ever convince nate to fight again i think that'd be a good time too what's cool is there's a lot of fun fights for cerrone even though he's been the weight class because i was even thinking him and gaichi would be fucking bananas oh i forgot i forgot gaichi gaichi just beat somebody too that gaichi deserves a real fight here too yeah i mean the the division stacked and having connor just come back in and look as good as he has just makes it all the more exciting stefan i'm gonna let you do a little bit of choose your own adventure here you can talk briefly about how Derek Brunson has learned nothing in this life, and he just runs in with his chin with his chin up and his hands down. Or you can talk about whether uh, how much how seriously we got to take Jack Hermanson from a week before when we didn't have a podcast. 
I, I definitely don't want to talk about Brunson. His success in that fight had nothing to do with him. It had uh, everything to do with Theodoro being tired about 30 seconds into the fight um, and just being exhausted. But uh, I will, I, I'm will. i going to choose secret option C before I go over to Hermanson. Um, can we match up Theodoro against um, uh, Joban? Yeah, just, uh, how, how does that not happen? Why was our comrade? The, the, the handsome, long, flowing hair French Canadian guys haven't fought each other yet at middleweight. Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna look that up because we were talking about it when we were at, at my house, and I'm like, have they not booked this the handsome man matchup? Guys, the reason why that hasn't happened is because you ever heard of a little thing called Chernobyl? All right, <laughs> there's gonna be an explosion if that much handsomeness happens in the ring at one point. Mike has a very weird grasp on what happened in Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> a couple handsome dudes fighting each other. Um, over there. I, I just got to chime in. I'm going to choose another quick thing before we give uh, the man Hermanson his uh, props. Uh, watching Game of Thrones has led me to understand that HBO is releasing a very brutal-looking Chernobyl series. Like, hideous, think I made horrible up a Chernobyl reference. mutation. Um, that looks like it's going to be a tough watch. But um, going back... Uh, I believe I don't know if anyone else watched uh, Hermanson take on short notice uh, Jacare, um, but Bobby asked me for my take on that fight, and I said um, this man is here. Um, he's legitimate. Uh, whatever we questioned about him going into his previous fight, you know, again, it's that not sexy Wikipedia page. There's not a lot of great names on it, um, but he beat Jacare. It wasn't a fluke. Um, it wasn't a miracle shot. He just absolutely beat Jacare. Um, to Jacare's props, I, I mentioned it to Bobby. Um, he had a very rare highlight in that it was uh, his escape from a guillotine attempt by Hermanson in their fight. Um, it was one of the most beautiful displays of de defensive jujitsu I've ever seen. Like, it was just pure technique getting out of this super, like, he didn't have the guard, but, like, it was really around the neck tight. And, yeah, that was just technical brilliance on Jacare's part. But um, Hermanson, his work rate, his pace... That's going to be a problem for guys at middleweight. He doesn't have a lot of pure power, but he has absolutely threatening jujitsu to everyone that isn't Jacare. And quite frankly, I think that guillotine would have tapped probably. He probably could have gotten pretty much every other guy in the division. Um, Jacare probably being the only one who could have escaped it. He's really durable. Uh, Jacare had his big hooks, his big body shots, but uh, he can take them. So uh, Herman said he's he's... He's a tough dude. He has high, high output in cardio, and he can really, really grapple. Um, you know, I'm probably not. I wouldn't pick him against a Bobby Knuckles, but um, he's very, very much like real, and he's very much a threat in the division. So, um, props to him. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, take you gotta give props to anyone who takes uh, Jacare on short notice. Um, yeah. Also, know, kind of exposed Jacare's bottom game because he got him down the second round. Jacare didn't have shit for him. He was like, "I'll ride out this five minutes and let you just pound me." I would. That's what I was most shocked. Like this is this is like one of the best jujitsu guys in the world, and he never works off his fucking back. He's always on top position because he had nothing for Hermanson. But yeah, that was a great performance. And did you guys catch all that card? Because that Corey Sanhagen guy really impressed me too. He 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 uh, beat John Lineker. And I was not expecting that. I didn't know who that guy was. He really exploded on the scene. So I think those two guys really made a name for themselves in this card. And then, and then this is the kind of thing we talk about, right? We know the other guy. We know Jacare's fucking dangerous. We know Lineker puts guys out. We just thought they were just baiting him up with some no-names. And, you know, this is what makes the sport so fun. This is why it's tough to pick these fights because you never know when these guys are going to make a statement. And those two guys did on that card. Yeah. Um, 
Hermanson said he wants a real guy. We'll see what comes next. Maybe you, <laughs> you start shopping. Yeah, a real yeah guy. I was going to say he wants like a real opponent. I mean, you got to say these things or they put you on the undercard on some card in fucking Copenhagen or some shit. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like what MMA news has happened in the past couple weeks. But Brock retired. Oh, in shit. Non-surprising fashion. By the way, I'm going to need some people. I'm, I'm going to need people to be a little bit smarter about this. Because I think it was it was some UFC heavyweight that said fuck Brock for holding up the division for a whole year. Like Brock did anything. Uh Brock is out there, you know, on his cycles of steroids, you know, headlining Brock's, WrestleMania. Dude, Brock's I been mean, in the Brock's been in the USADA cycle for USADA pool for three months now, and Dana White's saying somebody retired. We all know that just means they don't want to pay him. It's not that complicated. How many times did you say GSP retired before GSP showed up and won the middleweight title? That's just a lot like his his word means nothing. Dana White's like I didn't hear Brock say he retired, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. Just I did not. Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Dana's like, well, he's not fucking on this card. He's never fighting this organization again. So fuck him until yeah. until Brock comes around. I was like, all right, I think I'm ready. Wait, to fight. Wait, wait, and it's like, yes, sir, please come this way. Which, which one of you guys was I talking to that said Stipe knew Stipe just like, fuck this. This isn't really going to happen. Was it you, Steph? I, one of you was talking about how, like, Stipe knew. I, mean, I don't know if I said that. I've been championing the Stipe rematch. Whenever it comes up of what should Daniel Cormier do, it's give the only guy who's, like, multi-time defense that belt the damn rematch. Um, so it's smart. Whether he knew all along, I don't know, but it's smart. He absolutely deserved the rematch, and I'm glad he'll get it. I want DC to... All this talk about DC and his fairy tale paycheck ending to his career... As a sporting fan, I'd rather him see fight the most dominant champion in that weight class for his retirement fight and stamp it home. He starched him the first time. He should be fully confident that he can do it again. Yeah, I'm not picking against Stipe. I mean, I'm picking against DC. They fight again, to be honest. Um, I was at that one. That was a good time. I'm happy to see them run it again. Um, I just saw George Lockhart wants to come out of retirement to fight Mike Dolce. So we're going to have the nutritionist fight now. That's where we're at. Wait, is, that, is that other guy another nutritionist? Dolce and Lockhart, yeah. Okay. The, the, you know what? Instead, why don't you go on Iron Chef and do something that you're like, <laughs> you know, paid to do? I don't need to see two idiots grapple yeah. around. That's what King of the Cage is for. So another thing that came out of this card uh, for us, Zahavi's uh, little brother lost again. Oh, he did. He got Eamon's got a couple losses now, huh? Uh, did you guys see the thing with Rory McDonald where Rory and Fitch had a draw, and then apparently Rory afterwards was like. Man, I'm not sure I have it in me to, like, hurt people. And I guess, like, Rory found Jesus somewhere in the middle here, too. Mm. And then, like, you got John Fitch, who is just delusional. Um, I don't know. I just saw that whole thing, and I was just like, man, Bellator, even when you try. Did you see the fight? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was it any good? No. I didn't watch any of it. No. I, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm just the, from from the outside looking in, I'm just thinking like Rory McDonald draws against John Finch, and of course he's thinking like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I can't beat this guy. I don't know if I got it in. Me. Yeah, and I guess he advanced in a tournament because technically he didn't lose his belt. Yeah, I mean, I, Which, I know. What fucking ever, belt. man? I mean, that's uh, that's at least what I've learned from pro wrestling. But it's like I don't know. It seems like an alternate should go. In. Yeah, I, I, right, so. I mean, who gives a shit to be honest? Yeah. Um. My little brother, we were talking. I was, I was, he was, he just goes to me and he goes, Bellator's bullshit, right? I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, come on, man. 
the, the UFC's got like 60 cards. There can't be good fighters left on these other shows. I'm like, I'm like, they got like seven, like maybe 10. <laughs> I had to be honest with it, man. There's like 10 no, guys in Bellator. Hey, hey, being honest with them is like, we don't really fucking know until these guys fight each other. Yeah, you just coming to Bellator and just kick ass. Yeah, Gaethje just came from World Series of Fighting, and now he's blowing up. Yeah, and then and you then got you... guys on the Bellator and they look like shit. So it, it's you can't just draw. Yeah, a line, but, it, but overall, you say yeah, they're second tier. Like, I mean, there's, there's just there's just, there's just too many fights. Yeah, there's I, a lot of fights. You know, I got like I had a thing where I, I think I was selling stuff on this on Saturday where like I used to like feel bad where I'd be like, man, how is this guy like three and zero in the UFC and I don't know who the fuck he is, and now I'm just like. The UFC's really fucking up if I don't know who a guy that's 3-0 and is. They have failed to do their jobs if I don't know a guy who's 3-0. and Okay? That is the UFC's fault. I watch. I can watch the main cards, man. You can't ask more than that from me at this point to watch beyond the main cards. Okay? Um, there is a pay-per-view this weekend. So let's talk about that. UFC 237 coming to you from somewhere in Brazil. I have closed the goddamn window. Um, Genese Arena in in Rio de Janeiro. Um, main evented by man. When they send your ass to fight, uh, you're 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 the champion. They send your ass to another country. That's because they don't want you to be champion anymore. Rose Namajunas facing Jessica Andraz. Jessica Andraz is Brazilian. Is she flat out from Rio? No. So I guess that's a that's a good thing on some level. Um, Rose hasn't fought since. The second Joanna Champion fight, um, she won Joanna that one. Yeah, Jesus, Mike. Um, I think she uh, Rose won three rounds, four rounds of that one. Let's just go with that. Um, Jessica Andrade has looked like a goddamn Terminator at 115 pounds ever uh, since um, she, quite frankly, didn't show up when she got her last title shot against Joanna Weiner, as Mike would put it. But then Joanna Champion, um, where honestly Joanna just kind of boxed her up for 25 minutes um th- since then three and oh beating up claudia gadelia tisha torres and just wrecking carolina kowalkiewicz Stefan, um like many fi- fights on this card really close betting line on this one um what are you seeing for this yeah i mean i think the whole main card is a uh, more or less a coin flip across the board in mm. terms of picks um i've kind of been saying this for a while and i'm not really going to change now um I'm going with Anne New, um, Jessica Andrade. I think she's a nightmare matchup for Rose. Um, Rose can absolutely surprise me. She has power. You absolutely need to honor her power. She absolutely starched Joanna uh, in that first fight. And, you know, she hit her really good in the second. Um, what she doesn't have, when I do the MMA math and think about how Joanna um, outdueled uh, Andrade and that match is I don't quite believe that Rose's uh, sprawl and brawl is as strong. Um, Rose, I've seen her be, you know, overpowered in the clinch. Um, but what Rose has over uh, um, Joanna is a very solid offensive grappling game. That's why Rose doesn't necessarily mind, you know, being uh, in the clinch. She doesn't mind being taken down. She works really well off the back. She's really good at hunting arm bars. Um, so, you know, if she gets taken down by Jessica, I don't think it's going to be a problem for her. She'll be confident there, but, um, I'm just kind of going with her power and durability, uh, and her power when the way Jessica knocked out, um, Carolina, you don't see a lot of true one punch, like hooks like that in this division. Um, so she has a unique level of power and 
again, the home crowd, uh, they are sending Rose there in an uphill battle. So um, there's a lot stacked in favor. It won't shock me if she wins, but um, I've liked Jessica in this matchup for a long time now. Um, I'm going to take Rose. And I might be surprised anybody's listening to this podcast because for like months now I've been leading up saying, good Lord, Jessica and Draj is terrifying. But uh, I'm going to take Rose. I think that she's going to finish her in the fourth or fifth round. He's going to choke her. That's my pick. Um, I'm just – Jessica didn't show up at all last time she fought out a title fight. And I didn't, I didn't at the end just think Joanna was better than her. I just wondered what the hell was Jessica doing. I don't know. Maybe being at home – and a second title shot means she's going to perform better. You know, and time is, you know, it's been two years and maybe it's been almost two years exactly, actually. May 13, 2017, that title fight. Um, you know, she's made improvements to her game, but I don't know. She's big for the weight class. She uses a lot of energy. Rose is, has Rose been, I mean, Rose got finished by Carla, right? Like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Rose is tough as nails, man. And I, you know. I think she, I think she gets a choke fourth or fifth round. That's my pick, Mark. Uh, yeah, I think it's it is a really tough fight to uh, to pick because I think uh, Jessica has a lot of pluses going into this fight. She obviously has a lot of momentum, getting that quick finish finish in the last round. Like you mentioned, it's going to be a hometown uh, affair for her. And also, like you said, the first time she got a title shot, you know, she she kind of got blinded by the lights. I have to imagine this being the second time around. Being in her home country, um, she's going to be feeling really confident. And, and like Stefan said, this matchup is not bad for her. You know, Jessica should be able to bully Rose and, you know, hopefully dictate some of the fight for her. Um, I am going with Rose. I, I always have a hard time going against champions, especially ones that I've counted out before. <laughs> like, I don't even remember if I picked Rose in the second Joanna fight or not, thinking that, like, there's no way she could pull it off again. So um, I'm a believer. This is a really tough test. And I think you could look at a lot of things going against Rose, you know, it not being, you know, her kind of being the, um, the person coming into uh, the other, the combatants home and, you know, the crowd's going to be against her, but it it wasn't at Joanna's last fight where she literally had a fucking dolly thrown at her bus and she had like PTSD and she went through all that shit and still beat Joanna. So it's like, this girl is mentally strong and I don't think the crowd booming her is going to really affect her all that much because I think she really dials in when it's time to fight and that kind of background shit won't affect her. It's just she she's going up against a really tough girl here. Um I'm picking Rose. She might be able to get it done late, you know, with the submission. We've seen Jessica um falter and get subbed before. It's going to be a drag out fight and um I, I do think Rose is kind of coming into her own, but so's Jessica. You know, we we knew for a long time Jessica had the goods to be a champion. Um, she just faltered a little bit in that first attempt. She's getting a second crack at it now. This is an opponent that, you know, on paper, she's going to be stronger than and can bully her around. But, you know, Rose doesn't really take shit from anybody. And her submission game isn't just dangerous. It's lightning fast, right? Even in a clinch, you have to be careful because if Rose thinks she's going to have something, she'll jump and try to do a flying arm bar, you know, expect something crazy potentially. That could backfire, you know. Jessica might be scouting flying arm bars and be able to catch her mid-transition and ground her and win rounds that way. Um, but it's going to be a tough fight, and it's a fantastic main event. And uh, I'm giving it. I'm giving the, the 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 slight edge to Rose, but anything's ha- anything's possible. And I think Jessica has a good shot of winning this fight too. All right, Mike, what do you think? Two two. We're going to split this here, or are you going to go with the champ? If we're talking technically, um, and when it comes to striking and 
you know, on the ground. You would give it a rose. Um, the one thing I've been thinking about, um, basically, since this fight was announced, is the fact that outside of the Yoano at the time champion fight for Jessica, she's been destroying women at 115 pounds. Um, it hasn't been close in e many of the fights that she's been in since then. And, um, you know, outside of the two Yoana fights for, for Rose, um, we all thought she was a very good prospect. Um, you know, I think the championship fight that she had with um, Cookie Monster uh, right at the start of, uh, you know, her UFC career, it was a lot at the very beginning. Um, you know, Cookie Monster be a, a baby in the sport for the most part. I think she was barely 21 years old at the time. Um, everything points to at least me thinking that Andrade should be able to, you know, continue on muscling her way and just overpowering um, this next opponent that she has because she's done it with top flight people. She's done it with, um, you know, Panay. She's done it with uh, Gedalia. She destroyed Gedalia um, back in Japan about a year and a half ago. Um, all of that said, I, I think I've voted against Rose twice in a row now uh, in both Joanna fights. Both times I said, keep Joanna away from my girl Rose. I can't, I can't bet against her three times in a row. Um, to me, this is more of a pick of the heart. Um, I really don't want to see Rose lose. So I'm going to will it into existence, guys. This is like the secret, right? Dude, here. it is a pick em fight. You're not exactly going on a limb. I don't understand how this is a pick em fight. Uh, because Rose beat the most dominant women's champion, not named Ronda Rousey, twice. Yeah. I mean, twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's real good. That's why. <laughs> um, man, it's clear we haven't done a podcast in a while to make picks because everybody gave, like, a real, like, detailed, like, five minutes on that fucking fight. Oh, man, we're trying to get that fire out, man. Uh, it is the main event, too. Bobby, don't worry. We're going to be real. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't got much for Jared Cannonier and Anderson Silva. Um, so, Jared Cannonier and Anderson Silva, a fight Mike is mocking, um, is the co-main event because you can do two title fights, but if it's in Brazil, you just put Anderson Silva and Jose Aldo on the card and people roll with it. Jared Cannonier, um made old man David Branch look old um, in his middleweight debut back in November. Um, we lost the Anderson Silva fight in, I don't know, it was pretty recent, February against Izzy Adesanya, um, a fight where Anderson looked okay, but a lot of that looked like Izzy was kind of, you know, showing him a little bit too much respect. Um, Steph, who's the favorite here? Oh, we forgot to say the last fight. It was minus one twenty-five for Jessica Andrade to plus one hundred five. What's this one, Steph? We got a Cannoneer at minus one fifty to Anderson Silva's plus one thirty. Um, okay. I got Anderson. I don't got a reason. Mike, what do you got? I've got. Cannoneer. They both lose a lot of fights, man. <laughs> They both lose a lot of fights. <laughs> I've got Cannoneer mainly because, you know, I'm not picking the old dude. Okay, Mark? <laughs> it's the same pick, more or less the same reasons. <laughs> so you got your Cannoneer? Correct. Okay, Stefan, join me. Remember, I kicked everybody's ass last time we did picks just by being the contrarian. <laughs> yeah, probably. I missed Mike's pick. Did he take uh, Rose? 
I did Mike, take Rose. He did take Rose after. I'm on, I'm on that island over there. I got yeah. my island on this card. Um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like Anderson Silva is going to keep making me sad. Yeah, that's, that's, that, whole, that's his only the only purpose of his existence right now is to just make me sad. He's going to lose, and he's going to pop for something. That's my uh, that's my extra. Cor- no, he's gonna he's gonna win, and we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna get credit for the win. Then he's gonna pop for something two weeks later. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> hey, does that should that count as a win? Then yes. Like, for, okay. With the best of gambling rule from Vegas. Okay, you can turn in your betting slips right after. <laughs> All right, um, Steph, you got who do you got? I just said Anderson Silva is going to make me sad. He's not going to do that by winning. Okay. He's going to do it by being an old man. I mean, I was going to say you're going to be sad either way with what happens in this. Wait, wait, you, but who do you pick? I mean, you're going to be sad when Anderson loses. He's got Anderson. Play. Okay, okay, so you're going to be extra sad. What? I got Kenny. How can how how am I, I talking Anderson when I'm saying he's going to lose? Maybe what? you hate Brazilians. I thought you were going to be sad because you old man his way into a win. No, you old man your way into a loss. Okay, fine. Anderson's gonna kick this kid in the face, and you guys are. Gonna I don't know, something. Steph. You ever heard of a little thing called old man strength? Eleven and four. It's not like Jared. Jared Kennedy are somehow thirty-five with only four, fifteen fights. Um, Jose Aldo, Alex Volkanovsky. I am very excited for this one. Uh, Volkanovsky looks like a real goddamn threat, man. Thirty years old on a sixteen-fight win streak. He just mollywhopped Chad Mendez. Um, I mean, it was he wasn't that one sided, but he just knocked him the fuck out. Uh, back in December, called for this fight. Jose Aldo's like, yeah, fuck it, man, I'll do it. Jose Aldo, and I'm gonna fuck up everybody's fucking things here. Jose Aldo had a knee infection at the end of March, where he almost pulled out of this fight. Um, Jose Aldo also, Jose Aldo says a lot of things. I mean, Jose Aldo's retired and unretired about 18 times, so. Anything that comes out of Jose Aldo's mouth, you know, great assault. Um, betting lines for this one, Stefan. Uh, sorry, I just put this phone down. It is uh, same as last one, minus 150 Aldo, plus 130 Volkanovski. Mark, what do you got? Oh, man, this one's really tough. Because <laughs> my gut is still saying, like, uh, you know, is whole Jose Aldo's best days behind him? But his last – he – has really turned a corner after those Max Holloway fights where he's just like, he's kind of doing the, the Chris Lytle where it's like, okay, if I if I can't tactically beat these guys, I just have to out-aggress them, and it's been working for Dude, three Three-round three Aldo's a different person, man. Three-round yeah, Aldo's a totally different person. He's pushing that pace really hard. Um, At the same time, like you mentioned, Bobby, like, Alexander is kind of like the dark, under, uh, the dark horse in kind of this division where he's been smoking guys that usually put up a lot of fight, like, to beat Derek Elkins is tough. To decision him seems almost impossible. That's what that dude does. Um, fuck. I- I'm going to go with Aldo, but I don't... I I'm- I'm- think I'm going with Aldo because I need to start listening to these... Uh these favorites because i'm not going to I'm, I'm going against the line too often and it's blowing up in my face so i'm gonna follow this one but it, it's really hard I, I mean chad mendez is a fucking great scalp to have on your resume and you know what all those got those two but they were real fucking questionable um but uh yeah i'm going with aldo i loved i loved his turn that he's just being super aggressive going to the body really hard again leg kicks again doing all the things that got him to um you know for him to be the great fighter that he became um, in the featherweight division, um, Alexander can put a stop to that very quickly, but I'm going to go with Aldo. Yeah, I got Aldo too. Um, and I'm going to kind of say what I said, um, uh, when I was talking to Steph on Saturday about the Cerrone and Iaquinta fight where 
I thought it was better for the division if Iaquinta won that one. And I think in this case, it is way better for the division if Volkanovski wins it. Because I don't even know if there's a featherweight contender right now. Like, who who's there? Like, who's, who's Max? There's a reason Max is up fighting at 55, right? So, um, if Volkanovski wins, he can get a title shot right afterwards. You can't even argue. You beat Jose Aldo, you get a title shot. But I, Jose Aldo with three rounds, man, Moicano is really, really good. Like, Moicano's an excellent fighter. I'm actually wondering what fucking Korean Zombie did to have to fight, to have to fight Moicano just after a long layoff again. Um, and Jose Aldo took him out. I think, I think Volkanovski is a really interesting prospect. And I don't think, I think he's going to be top five still for, you know, for the foreseeable future. But I got Jose Aldo still having enough to get this done. Stefan? I guess it's unanimous. Um, I've been picking Aldo's demise for some time. Um, yeah, you you still got to really be something to beat this dude. And I'm not sold on Volkanovski yet. Yeah, Mendez, but like Mendez kind of seemed washed going into that to me. I know he was technically coming off a win, but like I was, I wouldn't when he re- when Mendez retired right after. I wasn't surprised. Something seemed washed about that dude. Um, and the whole camp was Mendez seen. retired. We, we all know this. I think he when retired the- after the after that loss. I don't think he retired. Also, he's not in the same camp as TJ. TJ's TJ's in the camp with Cub Swanson. We didn't even yeah, talk about but Alpha Male's cheating too. Everyone's Alpha Male's a bunch of bums, Bobby. What you you're trying to defend Alpha Male right now? Don't defend Alpha Male. No, um, I'm, I'm trying to see if this guy really retired. I feel you invented that. You keep talking. Go ahead. I don't pay attention <laughs> to MMA news, so if I heard it, someone reported it. Um, that's all. I, I, I I'm not enti- I'm not saying Volkanovski's a bum by any means, but I'm not super sold on him as being the elite, and it's the kind of the guys that were coming up and next that was making me think all those washed. But uh, clearly, he's still he's still high level gatekeeper material. So um, yeah, unanimous. I guess he did. Oh, face. retire. <laughs> I did not. I didn't even. I didn't even hear that news. Good job, Stefan. Yeah, always didn't want to hear that news. He's like, no, no way. He hasn't come out to my money. Song. Well, I mean, he came out. I guess he fought, came back from that suspension, got two fights in. I don't know. Maybe this was like his contract was up too. Maybe. Maybe it's time for that know. Bellator run. He he wasn't getting knocked out at all, man. And then he got knocked out a bunch of times. You know, even with like you know a couple years span in there being the suspension. But uh, Mike, did you pick yet? I don't think you have. I have not, so it is not unanimous yet. Now it's unanimous. Also. Very good. You guys. <laughs> no one's going to get on the young guy train here. Okay. Um, Tiago Alves versus man without a Wikipedia page. Loriano Staropoli, which I had his share dog page up. and I'm I have the field versus Tiago Alves. Um, I was going to say, what are the betting odds? Uh, you didn't have that as one of the fights we were picking, so I don't have them. It's right there. Oh, it is at the bottom. Yeah. Minus 105, Tiago Alves. Minus 115 for the guy no one's heard of. I got the guy with nobody's heard of. I'm, I love Tiago Alves. This hurts, but I, I can't pick up the win fights. I got Staropoli. Stefan, you got Staropoli? I said I got the field all day. You can insert anybody in that silhouette. I got them. Mark? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't feel... <laughs> confident in Alves. I'm not going to hang my hat on that one. I will be alone on this island and pick Alves. There we go. I like it. Making moves. Making moves. He's on a one-fight winning streak. Um, Tiago Alves is only 35. Like... But he's like like 56 in UFC. Yeah, I was going to say, he showed up in the UFC when he was like 14, though. Um, 
And then Francisco Trinaldo um, taking on Carlos Diego Ferreira. Betting odds, Stefan. We got Diego Ferreira at minus 165 to Trinaldo's plus 145. All coin flips, baby. Trinaldo kind of like took the role of uh, Gleison Tebow, right? Hey, hey, let's not insult <laughs> Trinaldo. Trinaldo is a very rich man's Gleison Tebow. But yes, he does come from the Gleison Tebow lineage. Yeah, I'm going to take the other guy. Uh, he's on a four-fright win streak. He beat Hus- Ru- Rustam Khabilov. Khabilov's still pretty good. Uh, Ferreira missed weight, too. Fuck it. That doesn't count against the good fights. I got I got Ferreira. Mark? That's probably smart, because I'm going to pick <laughs> Francisco, but I also don't think Carlos is going to make weight. <laughs> It'll probably be the deciding factor when he wins this fight. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, I mean, because Steph, this is the this is uh, Bel- uh, Belfort's cat, right? That was on the first season of the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. Oh no, I- that's a middleweight. That's uh, ah, never mind. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> Caesar Diego Ferreira or something. Okay. That's Mutant, isn't it? Is it Mutant? Yeah, that's it- Mutant. Yeah. yeah, I'm still gonna go with Francis, but I stand by <laughs> this guy. I don't know who he is. Missing you stand by your reasoning, Mike. Who do you got? I'm going with Diego on this one. <laughs> Stefan, you want to join Mark for his flawed reasoning or mine with my no reasoning? <laughs> well, I, I you want no reasoning to, or flawed reasoning? What admittedly, do you got? I had to double check it wasn't that same Ferreira, but then I saw it's this Ferreira. He kind of looks like Burrell. He kind of looks like an even goofier looking version of Burrell. Um, but I, I actually did see his last couple fights. Um, he He's very much the Brazilian archetype fighter, but uh, he seems like a younger version of it, so... Yeah, well, actually, he's not that young either. I think he's like thirty something as well. But Trinaldo's old. That's old, old man, and he's 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 about ready for that Glacian T bow slide. Um, wait, or he'll so, win because they're all uh, fucking coin flips. I so don't snap, know. you're picking Diego. Yeah. Okay. Um. So some notes from the undercard here. Um. Hogerio still fights. I mean, I was pretty sure his career ended, Stefan. When he went out there against Rumble Johnson, and I think you said the first time he gets touched, this fight is over, and then Rumble lifted him up the off the ground with an uppercut. I thought that was the end of him. <laughs> I believe we were like watching that like at a sport bar, and like my no, brother, we were there. Who, were we there? We were there. That was the San Jose. We went to that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He got lifted. Um, yeah, he went. He, he went got up. Lifted. He went up. <laughs> Um, probably one of the best knockouts I'd ever seen until uh, what's his name? Until Francis took off uh, Overeem's head, like yeah. until he gave him that Mortal Kombat uppercut that uh, knocks the skull out. Uh, that was one of the best punches I'd ever seen. Uh, Irene or Irene, I think is how she says it. Irene Aldana taking on Betch Cohea, the return. Of yeah, Betch. If if Aldana can't beat up this punching bag, then uh, this life's not for her. Um, real talk though. Um, props to uh, Bitch for coming back, man. She had an eye thing, and that shit sucks. And two years well, off. Look at that. I call her a punching bag, and here she is coming back from. I mean, she hardship. she she is a punch. She is a punching bag. Um, two years off, man. You better beat her though, honestly. Um, we're just we're really doing BJ Penn versus Clay Guida, huh? Nobody thought maybe we don't send BJ Penn on fucking ESPN. With the accusations against him right now, I'll huh? tell you no. this: I'm definitely picking the seven-time Tequila Casadores Man of the Year award-winning Clay Guida. Wait, I, I mean, don't know what the DJ you never. Uh, you I know don't what, know what the parameters of that award was, but Clay Guida had a chokehold on it. I don't want to bum everybody out, Mike. At some point, Google BJ Penn wife 
and just Ugh. be sad. Um, hey, man, not to convict a man based on accusations, but yeah, it wasn't good news. Um, Worley Alves, Sergio Moraes seems like a fight that is better than being the second fight out there, but I don't know. I think Worley Alves was a prospect for a hot minute. Um, so yeah, um, this is the worst poster I've ever seen in my fucking life. Oh my God. Someone go to the Wikipedia page. Look at this fucking poster. I see it. I it mean, looks like someone. The, I don't get it, what all the X's are for. Is this triple O, triple X? What is this? Wait, you, you, I don't, I'm, where the fucking X is on yours? I'm just I'm looking just, at a, I'm, I'm looking at black and white and I'm looking at a bunch of squares. Like everybody's pictures in a different like rectangle. I see rectangles. All right. Yeah. And long rectangles behind their name, Bobby. X, X, X. That's the one I'm seeing. I'm on, I'm on Wiki though. Wikipedia. Okay. All right. It's not good. Um, it's uninspired. <laughs> that's, that'd be fair. Um, hey man, Hogerio is really fighting still. Okay. You guys see that fucking story about Babalu? Uh, yeah. we're, uh, we're, well, Babalu basically like, he's pretty sure he's got CTE, which UFC can keep running that, you know, Chuck Liddell kicking him in the fucking head highlight all they want, man. Bobby, eh. I haven't ran that ad in a long time. They're not chosen eh. for a lot of Chuck Liddell highlights. That's true at this point. Oh, fucking Tito's back. Tito signed with Combate Americas. Tito's fighting again. Some grapple, mm-hmm. though. That, that's just grapple. No, it's not. No? Oh, okay. That, 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 that one's the... Lati- that's the uh, promotion that's on a lot of Hispanic television. With uh, It's run by Campbell McLaren. Um. Sure. Yeah, so, seriously, this is where we're at. Well, how many years into this sport are we? About what? Say ninety three to now. If we're gonna count like UFC, so we're like twenty six years in. Mm-hmm. Um, people are retiring. I think the CTE chickens are coming home to roost. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be more of these. Uh, uh, like, when, when so there's gotta be something wrong with Ken, right? He can't get knocked out that many times and still. Okay, they're that. trying to bu- they're trying to book Ken into a wrestling match with uh in in TNA. Right now, you got Tony Ferguson talking to the lights. Um, you got BJ Penn's crazy ass. Like, I man, I watched those those documentaries about the NFL and CTE. A lot of and, the domestic violence shit was in there. And, and you know, like, I just had a conversation with someone at work the other day who was bashing MMA, and I defended a saying, "Well, there's less brain damage than in boxing." And I talked about, well, you don't see that many people, you know, with uh, you know, apparent brain brain injuries um in mma as they are in boxing but then of course i preface that with um well it's still a very still a very new sport we'll see in about five to ten years <laughs> shit maybe we don't have to wait that long i mean also the argument about like the problem with these sports is not that like whether or not it causes brain damage everybody knows they cause brain damage yeah the thing with fo- the, the one that football got in trouble for is the cover-up which cover-ups cover-ups always worse than the crime that's the big one. And their thing is that little kids play the sport. And that is a problem for if moms say football's dangerous, which now they all do. So yeah. that's yeah. the problem there. Contact no, no, no. Contact sport. Uh, Shit can go sideways. Yeah. I mean, when, you're ta- when you're talking about boxing and then like stuff like an, an MMA effectively, same thing. You're like, yeah, man, you get hit in the head. Like nobody, like even like, look, Forrest Griffin seems like a productive member of society you listen to forrest griffin talk now compared to forrest griffin talking when he got on the ultimate fighter doesn't sound the same chuck liddell don't sound the same you know these guys don't sound the same after getting hit in the head this many times it's just you know the way it is 
But honestly, um, Babalu put up. Babalu gave us a lot. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's a really sad story. I mean, because uh, I don't really know my, what, what's it called again, Bobby. The thing he thinks he has C- uh, CTE. Um, but I mean, he basically said he's he's blind in his left eye, and he thinks chronic he's a, traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah, he can't so walk. He said he can't walk a straight line. Can't walk. He he says he's probably going to lose sight in his other eye. So like going blind is kind of shitty. Uh, you know, I often think like if I didn't have vision, my life would be really difficult like i i have a shit memory i how would i do anything without being able to see stuff so i mean yeah and we we talked about gary goodridge there's a lot of guys that you know have really been negatively impacted and mark coleman well i mean we got to get time to terms of there but we're about to hit the thing that rose wrestling fans have known a long time which is the gofundme era of trying to help these dudes out and, and, and I it's think sad that's, that's coming other- yeah you know it's coming because like i like i mean wrestling's had this everybody knows the stories about wrestling and all the wrestlers who are left penniless and a lot of them don't make it and save money really well and i saw like um kamala do you guys remember kamala the ugandan dude with the moon on his belly way back in the day kamala was about to lose his house last week and uh like he's on fucking i think he has no foot from like diabetes like jericho donated five grand to save his house which anytime there's a wrestler go fund me you see jericho's donated five grand so god bless him for that shit but like it's literally like the fans are going to have to like, because none of these promoters are going to take care of anybody. So not telling anybody to do to, to, what to do, but when that Babalu GoFundMe shows up, maybe think about what the man's given you all these years, you know, while you paid the UFC $60 and Babalu got 14 cents of that. So he won that and, huge tournament you never watched. Which I know you didn't watch it because I didn't even see all of it. And it was fucking fantastic. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. let's do stuff we like now. Stefan is real bitter. That being said, do we talk about Game of Thrones now, or is this just our Avengers section? I and think we just we, we, we try to ride, we try we try to ride the also because we learned Mark has not watched any fucking Game of Thrones. Still have last uh, yeah still. Wait, do like, we just like like any episodes ever or just this season? This season. This season. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm gonna make until... a call, Bobby. Oh. Game of Thrones really bummed out my day at work. Uh, the discussion spirits were real low, morale was real low. Let's keep it positive. Yeah, yeah I heard and you know what? I heard we got you were we... shitting on the episode, Stefan. Everybody was shitting on the episode. <laughs> I don't know clear. about that. I, I I had very positive reviews of the episode at work today. <laughs> I I came out and Drew just went, "The fuck are they doing?" <laughs> I was just like, "I don't know, man." Drew was like, "Yeah, what's what is what what, what are we doing?" We're just making this up as we go? And I'm like, I guess. <laughs> when I showed up, the topic at hand was like, people were, I kept hearing Lost, Battlestar Galactica. People were just talking about the worst endings to a show. And it was just like, that's the company that is now being brought up in discussion to this. So the gold star, the gold, company was at with this. The gold, the gold star of that is still Dexter, but it was a precipitous, like, it was a steady decline. <laughs> oh, yes. Dexter was in there. And I said, Dexter ended at Rita. And then he was like, you're a smart man. <laughs> yeah, Dexter's four seasons. If you watch the first four seasons of Dexter, top ten show, guys. Top ten, okay? Um, all right. Avengers. Everybody here has seen it. Some of us have seen it more than once. Um, we're just going to – I mean, at this point, we, we're living – I was reading Johnny Gargano's review of Avengers. I'm not sure if you caught it, read any of us yet, Stefan. But when he said, we are living in a uh, have you or haven't you seen Avengers world now, like, is a real distinct group. We crossed $2 billion. Um, 
I got to close this basketball box score. It's going to piss me off. Um, we're going to, is this, you know, at this point, if you haven't seen Avengers, you just don't care that much, which is fine. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about um, for the rest of this podcast, quite frankly. Unless, Marcus, you want to talk about something in any video game news before we get into that? Or fuck it, let's get into the Avengers. No, let's just get into the Avengers. I'm good. Let's get into Avengers. Um, and no wrestling minute this week. And I got plenty for you next week as Stefan and I get ready for uh, Double or Nothing. But all right, Avengers Endgame. Movie came out to stellar goddamn reviews. Um, you know a movie's going real well when people are talking about you're seeing stupid-ass articles where they're like, certain people are upset about this potentially problematic scene, and you got three tweets that are determining that article. People in general, very positive on this movie. Um, I don't even know what the Rotten Tomato scores is. I'm just talking about my general life, walking around, people talking about it. My dad liked it. My mom's liked it. Everybody liked it. Um, Marcus, go to you first. Cool. There was... Just fan service like a motherfucker in that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what makes it so special is that um, everything paid off. Uh, this is a culmination. I mean, I, honestly, mm, it has to be the biggest movie franchise ever. I was thinking like the Bond movies have been going on forever, but they're not interconnected really. This is like the biggest overarching movie series of all time, as far as I know. And maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there's something. It out definitely there. is financially. It was sh- sure financially without a you know without a doubt you know the most profitable movie of you know all time. But I mean even more important than that because I don't give a fuck how much money the movie's made. I-, I matter what I care about is how they make me feel inside and they make me feel so fucking happy all the time and I'm so excited to see the movies because they're so much fun and this is the ultimate of all of those. This is basically the culmination of eleven years, twenty two films, and they really pulled it off. Uh, it- and it's almost a Herculean effort to not just in in the first infinity war it was really like man how do they juggle all these characters well if you've seen infinity war you know they basically got rid of more than half of the prominent characters so we're dealing with a smaller group of characters and it's the core it's the core avengers that we've known from way back and how the uh, these events have affected them and how they go forward with that and i mean the overall general feeling is that it was fun it was emotional and it paid off and you were left at the end of the day with a happy ending, right? Even though all the characters, um, not all their endings are happy. You can look at Tony Stark and be like, you know, basically sacrificed himself. Spoiler alert, just in case. We literally opened it about talking about Wait, 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 wait. Fuck you. Wait, wait, Mike, fuck you. All right. (laughs) Mike waited, Mike waited, Mike waited a whole, it took him, what, 48 hours for this motherfucker to spoil this movie for All me. Right, hold up, hold okay? up. Hold up, hold up. I need to defend myself. Oh, this that is going to be fun. Fault. That okay, that's fine. Fault. Like, yeah. In fairness, Bobby, I didn't bring up Avengers. Phil did. And I didn't notice what I was saying because Phil brought up the topic. We're, it was so, only the three of us there. That was so, it. So <laughs> let us repeat for the class. It's Phil's fault. Phil, it's your fault. Yo, real talk. Like the the movie was so like like I look. You guys kind of you guys are like, oh well, so and so is going to be back for the next movie, and I was just like, and look, I mean, we've already spoiled. We're spoiling anyway. But I kind of like in my head, I'm like, before this movie started, I'm like, all right, we're not going to see Captain America ever again. And I was like, Tony Stark's probably going to be gone too. Like in my head, I'm like, he's probably gone. Robert Downey Jr. is pretty old. It it's not spoilers. Even the Russo brothers said, you know what? 
It's been long enough. Ugh. Floodgates open. No, we fucking taught at this podcast. We said we're gonna spoil it. Yeah, but it like was, the it, movie was good enough that I actually got I got emotional about the Tony Stark thing, even though Mike took a fat dump on it like the day before. Okay, and tried to ruin it entirely. All right, it was that good. But yeah, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's just and it, and even if you know you're super sensitive to spoilers and you listen to this podcast, so you're part of this Venn diagram that is so fucking minuscule. Um, and I spoiled it for you. You'll still enjoy the film. Um, I, I think some people kind of get overinflated within spoilers because, like, it sucks if you know what's going to happen. But seeing how it happens, especially in this movie, is a big enough payoff that even if you knew, like Bobby, like you said, Bobby, like you knew it happened, but it, it still had an emotional impact on you, and that means that knowing the outcome didn't affect your enjoyment of the scene at the time because it's that well done. And this whole movie is kind of basically that, you know. It's a ton of callbacks to the previous films, so it really makes it feel like if you've been on this journey the whole time and you've been watching all these movies as, as they've been released, you know all these little insider things, and they pre preference that. And what's so cool about it, too, is that even if you haven't seen these films, I still think you can, if you see Infinity, I think you have to see Infinity War for just this kind of makes sense. I don't think Endgame being your first Marvel movie is going to really land with you if you haven't at least seen Infinity War. But even just seeing those two films... Um, and not getting all the inside jokes, it's still a really fun movie. And I think you can have a good time watching it without it. If you've seen all those movies, the payoff is just that much more rewarding. And I think even if you're in that part where you haven't seen a lot of Marvel movies, but you've seen this one, I think this movie makes you want to see those movies because they're preferenced so much and you actually see storylines. And I, I, I guarantee you there's people that are like, you know, I never saw Thor 2, but they reference, they preference it in this movie and they go back to it. Maybe I should give that a shot. Um, it just makes the whole universe just feel alive. It's what it's what Marvel movies have been doing this whole time is building a cohesive universe that all of these narratives fit inside. And now we finally get the big payoff. This is the conclusion of a insanely long arc. And they just pull it off so magnificently. And like I said, it, it has happy endings for all the characters. Obviously, spoilers. Tony Stark's dead. Uh, Captain America's old because they do a lot of time uh traveling bullshit in this and i think there's and i think the few complaints there are about the movie come from like you know nerds doing what nerds do and overanalyzing stuff and honestly at, at my age at this point i kind of just feel bad for those people that those little nuances of the film and things maybe not adding up perfectly can ruin the experience for them i just think that's really kind of shitty for them because i'm over that shit now i really don't care I, i'm really not interested in needling films anymore i mean like wait why doesn't this make sense? M M mark are you at the was this a good time or this wasn't a good time yeah, level of reviewing like yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I want to overanalyze why gotham is next to fucking metropolis that it's just like you know what there's a lot of other problems with oh that was that was shots fired egregious that was shots fired okay i don't care why that was too much wait you know what okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna agree with mike here because on my whether it was a good time or wasn't a good time scale at a certain point you if you're in the middle of the movie and you're like the fuck is this you have ruined the like if you've done that much wrong shit yeah. no, you I'm can not, ruin the whole scale all i'm saying is that i've evolved past you guys why well, don't let that stupid shit ruin stuff for me anymore i just take the good and i take it for what it is and there's a lot of bad and that's whatever it is but i can't i can't i don't want sonic to change because he has human teeth i don't care anymore okay yeah that that that, that one i could i could give a shit what sonic looked like that was right. one where i'm like everybody needs to calm down okay mike you want to say something here 
muted himself. Can you hear me? Now, now we can. can now we can. Go ahead. All right. Mark, I, I, I agree with you for the most part. I will say when it comes to Batman versus Superman, that was way too egregious. All right. That was insane. How the hell? I've said it before on this podcast. How is it in the goddamn movie? This man is at a swanky dinner party. He can step out for a second and resolve a conflict in like South goddamn America, but he can't take care of the Bay Area to his San Francisco. That is Gotham. Come on. Now. You know what? I, I just want to. I just want to say, if we ever did like a best Come of this on, podcast, son. if we did a clip show, Mike's twenty minute rant about how much he hated a movie that, while not good at all, wasn't nearly as bad as it was offended him, would be in there. I'm just saying, Mike. All I look, I'm, I've I've meditated past a point where that shit bothers me, and now it's just like. Yeah, and their mom's named her Martha too. Like, there's a lot of dumb. Well, okay, look, okay, I think medicine. there's different. Medicine. Who are you, Tina Turner? Okay, oh, yeah. okay. In all seriousness, just all seriousness, there's a difference between like, man, I really like this movie was really good, and like, oh, I mean, there was a thing here or there, whatever. Yeah, no, versus saying, versus this yeah. movie sucked, yeah, donkey dick. Yeah, yeah, if a movie sucked, the movie sucked. If a movie's good, it's good. I, you, I, if you I want to get in the weeds, the it's your choice at that point. Stuff they were doing, and it, I forgive the time travel stuff they did in Avengers. Like, you know what? This is an awesome movie. I'm gonna forgive the the time loopholes that they're creating here. I mean, look, it's it's a movie where there's a motherfucker swinging around. I mean, if you want to, like, you can pump the brakes a little bit. I, I'm not saying it doesn't have to make sense logically, but like, well, I think that's, you know I mean, it doesn't have to be a perfect line. <laughs> let's sandwich this a little bit. Time travel is not fucking real, right? Your your theories Yet. and philosophies aren't anything but your theories and philosophies because it, it doesn't it, exist. So getting upset Tyson would beg to differ that time travel is not real, okay? No, but, that, but that's the thing about people breaking that shit down. Hulk hits it up. We're talking about time travel here. It's either all a joke or none of it is. Yeah, and like, it, it's that's just, what I'm saying. That's just, and, and this 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 you know really went off the rails. All I'm saying is. None of the none of the few negative things got to me at all. This was all just awesomeness and joy, and I loved it. And I saw it again, and I'll probably watch it multiple times throughout my lifetime. It was just so fun and joyous. I'm interested to see uh, extras on the Blu-rays and stuff like that. I really thoroughly enjoyed the film, and I'm excited to see what they do going forward. I think a lot of people are kind of like, well, this is comic book movies. You know, they kind of wrapped it up. They can never. I think there's a lot of interesting things they can do and will do. As we saw a new trailer that dropped today about Spider-Man, and they're already like multiverse, and I'm like, well, that's some shit you can get really fun and crazy with. So I'm excited for the future. Yeah, and uh, Steph, I'm gonna go to you in a second here, but just you know, people a lot of times when they talk about movies, they kind of have to like they treat like they they say they like a movie, and then they gotta like they treat it like they're trying to like like write an essay and like, all right, well, here's my argument number one why this is good, argument number two why it's good, argument. If you just like a movie, you like a fucking movie, man. My favorite movie, or one of my favorite movies, is The Rock. But if you made me sit down and logically go through the movie The Rock, I mean, it's dumb as shit. But you know what? It's how it made me feel. And this movie, I loved it. Um, Stefan, your feelings. Um, Yeah, you know, the word Mark kept going to was a happy ending. Um, But the word I'll use to describe it is, uh, to me, it accomplished one of the greatest challenges that's something that is serialized can do. Um, we're talking about TV shows before this and everything, you know, talking about Game of Thrones. The hardest thing you can do when you are a long-running series is create a satisfying ending. Not happy, not sad, satisfying. An ending where people are like, that works. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll vary on the scale of how much you personally like it, 
but did it all make sense at the end? Did the road they started with the hiccups in the middle, did the, whatever the payoff was, did it logically track? Did it make sense? And it fucking did. And I think that's why it's so beloved is, you know, for a casual audience, it rewarded you for watching these other things for the deep nerds. Yeah. There were all the fan servicey payoffs because like, you know, for people who are comic fans, you've known these stories longer than this like decade run of movies. You know, a lot of this is familiar to you. Um, and so just for it to be satisfying, that's the hardest challenge. Like so many great series end on a sour note, um, a very mediocre note. Uh, I, I will say like, I love the park and Rex finale cause they didn't fuck anything up. You know, it wasn't necessarily the, some great, amazing thing they did, but they didn't ruin anything. And that's good enough for me. Commonality. Um, they both do time jumping in both those. <laughs> it's all about the time hops. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's wonderful. Uh, this movie essentially to me is it, it's, it's a, it's called Avengers, but it's the Captain America, Tony Stark movie. Um, it's, it's, it's the conclusive perspectives for both of them. And it's fucking awesome. Um, you know, uh, Mark mentioned the far from home trailer and a line that I heard really, uh, about it that I agreed with is like, now that end games made this money, now that we've indoctrinated all these people in these 22 movies or whatever, uh, we've graduated to intermediate comic book storytelling. We're introducing the multiverse now. Um, that could be a total swerve, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because that's the thing that I always reflect on most about all these movies is just really where we've come in terms of mainstream society, understanding comic book culture and like understanding these tropes and these stories and all these things that were a big part of my childhood, but they weren't for everyone. Um, but now for many people, generations younger than us, this was their whole childhood teen adolescent dumb into adulthood because of how long these movies have spanned. Um, and it's really cool to me. I I've always loved this medium for storytelling and, you know, when I saw this movie for the first time, when Cap is worthy and he wields Mjolnir, like I stood out of my seat and yelled. And that could have potentially been a super obnoxious thing to do. But like 30 other people stood up as well. And everyone who seated still threw their hands up in like cheering like it was a fucking touchdown in a football game or something like it was like this a uh, cultural moment where we were all sharing together, even if it was just a movie. Um, it was really, really cool. Uh, the nitpicking thing I will say about that, not that I care, but it would have been fun. And uh, when Cap wielded Mjolnir, he should have had some type of Asgardian armor. Because that's part of the whole thing of wielding yeah, Thor's hammer is you become Thor. Thor. <laughs> yeah. you, like, it's, you will have the power of Thor. You get electrified. Like, the whole uh, Lady Thor, when Jane Foster... I was going to say, because if Jane Foster doesn't turn to Thor, she's just in a medical nightgown with Mjolnir, and she's not nearly as imposing as when you have, like, golden also, locks and her in the full armor Also, shit. Donald Blake becoming Thor as well. The guy yeah, had a walking he cane, you know? Him, yeah. He didn't still have a walking cane. Yeah, you get armored up when you have the power of Thor. Um, that would have just been one... I mean, I'm really just complaining because I wanted that, like, as an Easter egg. That would have been a fan service thing. To see, like, you know, just to see Armored Cap. That would have been fun. Um, but I got no complaints. It was wonderful. It, it held all the beats. Um, Avengers Assemble. I've seen it three times now. Oh, my God. That line makes me tear up every single time. Um, we've been working to this movie to hear that line. Um, you know, even Lumpy here is chiming in. You know, she got some emotion from here in Avengers Assemble. Uh, beautiful line, beautiful delivery, beautiful payoff. Yeah, um, I really... The Iron Man stuff. I remember seeing Iron Man. Um, I saw Iron Man in it was two thousand eight, 
I was still in uh, undergrad at Davis. It's on TV I, right now, Bob. Holy shit, Robert Downey Jr. is young in that movie. Yeah, I mean, it was 11 years ago. I remember I saw it with um, my college roommate, Christian, who by dumb chance I was on a flight on, flight with last week. And it was weird because I was literally on a flight going somewhere and I was going to see event, uh, gonna go see fucking Avengers. But um, I remember seeing Iron Man and coming out of it and thinking that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Because superhero movies, there was such a low bar. Yeah, dude. And, well, and I, I, remember, I remember we were at Comic Con, and we saw they did a panel. We were we were yeah. waiting through that to see Kevin Smith, and they showed some clips of when Iron Man first is flying. And I was like, yeah. "Shit, this actually looks kind of good." Yeah, I remember weird. like we're looking at each other like, "Is this gonna be good? Like, what, what's going on here?" Because like, and like you think about like, um, and I remember like walked out of Iron Man thinking this is gonna be the best comic. This is the best comic book movie ever for about two months of that because we'd all seen dark knight trailers and we're like okay well joker's coming but for now this is the best one but if you like want some if you want to like really get into it the amount of credit i mean kevin feige runs this whole ship so props to him but john favreau and robert downey jr deserve a ton of credit because if you want to have a good you want to like look into some shit you look into how iron man came to be and how they literally hired like robert downey jr if you guys don't remember I mean, everybody in this, everybody in this, on this podcast is old enough to know this stuff, but Robert Downey Jr. is a world-class fuck-up. Like, he couldn't stay sober. He was arrested, like, eight, ten, ten times. Like, he just was fucked up 16 different ways, and like, on drugs. Probably, and You're probably like me and the rest of the guys, like, Robert Downey Jr., that, that's all I knew about him. As yeah. A, it was like, he, he was famous for some, some, some reason. I never saw any of this stuff. I mean, he was like, what, he's one of those, like, he's, he's he was like a rat, he was a Brat Pack guy. He was in, like, he those was, movies. Is literally in jail. Yeah, and like they like it wasn't like they bet a lot of money on this thing because you get John Favreau who's not known for directing at the time anything with action. Like he's a comedian. He's like he's like he's made Swingers. He's made Made. He's none of these movies. Motherfuckers are getting like there's no flying dudes in suits, but they are good. Yeah, again, I love Favreau. This movie there was a script, but if you want to hear the story of literally everybody who was in the movie, John Favreau likes to tell it like. Every morning on Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. would walk into my trailer with the script for the day, just throw it against the wall, and we'd just rewrite it in, like, outline form. Like, the entire movie was a bunch of, like, improv. And, like, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges was talking about it today, who played, um, what's Ironmonger's actual name? Obadiah Stane. Yeah, where he's like, there was just an outline. He says, like, me, he says, everybody was just riffing. And, like, they just riffed. Like, that, that whole movie is, ba- like, you, like, you watch that movie and you're like, Robert Downey Jr. is just playing Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. That's what, like, the back, he's the heart and soul of this whole fucking thing. And yeah, uh, if that, if that the, ain't the, shit, this, we're having a totally different conversation, I'm saying. The speech that movie. Where, he's, uh, where he's talking about the, uh, the Jerichos, mm. um, that whole speech at the beginning, that was all improv from what I read someplace. Dude, most of the script was just Robert Downey Jr. talking. Like, we want you to talk about A, B, and C. Like, it's like, it was just like shit like that. And like that movie, that movie did, saved I mean, his career and saved his life. I mean, it did that. And also like, again, like, again, Marvel and like Disney looks like a bunch of fucking geniuses right now, but and it, was it wasn't like, at the time. And it wasn't like they went out there and put Tom Cruise in a goddamn superhero movie with like goddamn Ron Howard directing it. Like they took, it was a low level risk here. I, I mean, I think and it paid off big. A lot. It of was people, a big payoff. We're going to forget and it probably already forget it. Like. Iron Man was not popular. The Avengers were not popular. I remember when the Iron Man was coming out, the only thing I knew about him was that Tony Stark was an alcoholic 
And no one really knew about the Avengers. Like, I think now people are going to think like, oh, no, no, they've always been popular, right? They've been around since the 70s. Like, yeah, they have been, but they were not popular. They didn't have a cartoon. X-Men had a cartoon. Spider-Man had a cartoon. Batman, Justice League, those were popular. Avengers were not. Captain America was not popular. Thor was not popular. Hulk was. Hulk was, of the, all of them, Hulk was the one that had its own movies, had its own show, had kind of sprung out like Spider-Man. But these other, and the Avengers as a whole, were not a popular team, mainstream. And now it's like, who, who's Cyclops when you have Iron Man, right? Like, I think the pendulum has really swung. Do, do you remember, Marcus, when we were kids, I used to say the only movies that have to, because superhero movies were terrible. And I said the only ones that have to be good are Batman, Superman, X-Men, and Spider-Man. Because they're like the flag bearers more than anybody else for like Marvel and DC. And like they did this shit without Spider-Man until recently and without X-Men. Yeah. Like they pulled this shit off with a, with like everybody's a little underneath those two. I mean, at least I'm not a comic book expert. But like those have always been like there's a reason X-Men were the first movies they made and Spider-Man were the movies that they made first. Those were the guys. And they did it without them. And like they fucking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was a heat check. Like we're going to make a movie where nobody – with these fucking, like, random-ass comic book characters that nobody knows. Nobody – and, like, we're just going to, like – we're going to hire James Gunn, you know, who made, like, Slither. And let's just see what he can fucking do, right? And, like, that movie blew up. We have a tree monster and a talking raccoon. Like, they just know what they're doing now. They've toned in on the tone and the way – what people want to see. And, like, it's – it's 22 movies, right? Yeah. And, like, by the way, I really like that they tied it back into Thor Dark World. Because, like, that one was, like, the, that's the worst one. The, uh, screen, <laughs> the screenwriters for Endgame were the screenwriters for Dark World. So they're like, fuck you, we're making this really yeah, important that, canon. Did you see, you saw Kevin Smith's review where Kevin Smith is like, I like that. They're like, fuck you, you're going to have to pay it. You're going to have to go back and watch Thor Dark World when this is over. <laughs> we're making that canonically important. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that one's going to matter. Um I just thought it was really well done. Like, look, a three-hour movie, oh, I don't have thought, the attention span anymore. I thought Natalie Portman hated being um, in Marvel movies. The, the conspiracy uh, theory is they had stock footage. This Avengers movie. They Mike, your internet is failing you on every level. Yeah, they use stock footage. Yeah, yeah I think I'm Mike was just saying that. Yeah, they, they use stock. And you can, you can kind of tell. There's no there's no scene. No, her voice, is, her voice over is new, though. But I wonder, like, did you think they had a scene where fat thor was actually confronting her because i think that would be a funny scene in and of itself and then she's like yeah i'm not doing it they're like all right we gotta we gotta flip the script on this one a little bit and rework it because she's not game interesting yeah i mean she was she did voice she did her voice again though they asked they she did that though in this one i don't think she well she wasn't the, the footage though was old um yeah man i mean three hour movies a long movie i don't have that attention span a lot anymore i was complaining about the length of movies um but and even like like but like that last like battle was everything I wanted. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, that. Uh, everybody versus fuck. Let's just throw down, man. Give me everybody. Let's fucking fight. And I love that shit. Um, even, like, you know, Gwyneth showing up as rescue. Man, that was cool, too. I was in for all this stuff. And then, like, when the fucking little girl asked for cheeseburgers, and I remembered in Iron Man when the dude came back and he wanted a cheeseburger when he got out of captivity. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, I remembered that shit. That was so sweet. And, like, that was... I don't know. I thought they, like, hit it all the right notes. And, like, the whole thing with Tony and his dad, that whole shit was um, was so well done. Um, 
pour one out for the Scarlet Witch, though, huh, boys? Not Scarlet Witch. Black Widow. Black Widow, sorry. (laughs) Pour one out for the Black Widow, though. Yeah. I mean, she's she's getting her own movie, which I'm presumably is... We're going to talk about Budapest, I guess. Like it's either a flashback or they figure out some with the soul stone. Cause I mean, Gal- uh, is kind of in that same limbo right now, but well, she's back. She just doesn't remember anybody. Well, right? they don't, it's real unclear if well, that old one's still around. Zoe, or not. Zoe Zaldana is still in the movies, but the way they retconned it is that now it's, uh, the, uh, Gamora from 2014. Yeah. We just didn't, you didn't see her. Cause I, wait, was she at the funeral? No. She wasn't. Yeah, so that's like that's why it seemed a little ambiguous. Like, is she still around? And he's looking for at least the old one, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I was gonna say what I really want to say, uh, leading with that last battle, which I think is the culmination, right? Like this movie in and of itself is really fun, and it leads up to this big uh, battle. And it just and Stefan uh, mentioned this after he saw it and I asked him about it was, and he mentioned this when we saw Civil War for the first time. And he was disappointed in that superhero battle because, and the directors talk about it, like, oh yeah, we want to have this scene where it's like a big splash page, like in the comic books. And the splash page in the comic books is usually the middle of the book, and it's a, a, a giant two-page picture, right? You get to see all the superheroes coming, and that, and that's like in the big annuals that they have for like the Marvel comics. That's that's when you're like, you're looking all, you're doing where, where's Waldo with your favorite superheroes? Like, where's Wolverine in this? Oh, there's Wolverine, and there's Cyclops, and there's Nightcrawler over there, and there's Gambit, and there's Iron Man, and they didn't really have that in Civil War because it's usually it was like a, a Civil War was like five v five. That's called Survivor Series, my friend. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, Civil War seemed like it was like an intramural game. Like, no, look. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say there weren't a lot of stakes, and I feel bad for Rhodey losing the ability to walk. Gotcha. But like, I can't do that, it on that, a tarmac. There's so much open space in a tarmac. It really exaggerates how look, not very many of them. There that are. I remember, like that movie. I remember, I, I didn't really, I didn't think it was bad or anything. But I remember, like this movie didn't need to exist. Like it just, there was no stakes. Like the whole movie existed for us to get that fight. And then at the end, like the movie, so fights happening. I'm like, well, this is fun, but no one's gonna die here. Like this is all a bunch of like you got a baby face versus baby face matchup here. Like, is- <laughs> you can't say none of the movies matter anymore because they all matter. That one, that movie matters because that's when Cap and uh, and uh, Tony like split, and that's where Tony at the end of it is like, dude, we fucking split. You said we we're gonna lose together, and you just split on me. It's like every, and that that's what makes this end movie so good. Hey, is that do, do you- do you remember when Tony was upset that uh, Bucky killed his parents and then yes. Captain America and Bucky whooped his ass and somehow Iron Man was the bad guy for that? That was... He was very But no, it was just... It was... Yeah, it was just a great send-off and um, it, and then that moment in particular was great because there was so... At this point, they're just flooded with awesome characters So I have that scene where they're all running and I remember the second time I watched it with Steph the one character I zoned in on which is like the like the one character like wait why is she doing that now is the guardians of the galaxy lady with the antennas when they're all running I she's in this dead fucking space like what are you gonna do touch somebody and make them sleepy right now like why are you She's but, uh, part of this, Mark. You know, she's part watch, of this. I just realized I zoned in on her, and I was like, man, she's booking it to go touch somebody make them feel sad or something. But it was just really fun. It was so cool. And I I, I really loved the girl power, Captain Marvel, and all the female heroes in to make the final push. I thought that was really badass, too. And I know a lot of people think it's pandering and stuff. And it's like, this whole movie's fucking pandering. What are you talking about? Every, this, all, every scene here is to get you excited because you know these characters. So you finally, at, at this moment, you've had... Your final, your one, you literally just had the one movie where you had a female leading it. You built all these 
fantastic supporting characters. Why not give them the spot? I mean, I mean, I mean, this is one of those complaints where, like, those articles I told you about where it's five people bitching, and you're like, yeah. dude, shut up. I mean, really shut up. It was like a bunch of strong women kicking no, ass. Like, well, 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 who, who gives a shit, exactly, man? Like, yeah. It was just cool. It was really fun to see all those characters fight together. And people have been mentioning, like, oh, maybe they're going to do an A-Force movie. I would fucking. Love you know what that movie? The other you know, movie was missing was Mbaku barking at white people. That was what was movie was missing. I they, That's what I wanted. Barking, right? Didn't they do? A little I don't know. That was my that was my favorite parts of Black Panther. Mike, did you want Bucky Captain America or did you want Falcon Captain America? Mike. Oh, Mike fell asleep. Mike fell asleep. <laughs> or his internet went out. Mike's out because I'll feel this. Uh, Mike, oh. Mike, are you alive? I think Mike's shit broke. All right. Go ahead, right. Stefan. <laughs> uh, a little concerned about what happened to Mike. Um, I told him I was talking to Mark about this. I wanted Bucky, uh, Captain America. Like, you know, so for the record, both Bucky and Sam Wilson have had runs as Captain America. I significantly found Bucky's more interesting. One, because Bucky, even though he's a poor man's version of it, he is at least a super soldier. Sam Wilson's just a guy who uses equipment. Like in, in the comics, he's also a super soldier, to be fair. In the movies, he's not. He is just a dude that got wings for some reason because he was friends with Cap. But I don't hate it because, um, I mean, and I think they kind of did preface this in. I, I obviously, the first time I saw it, I did not pick up on this, but I guess, um, in an interview, they said that basically, uh, Captain America tells Bucky that, yeah, I'm gonna go back in time and I'm not really gonna come back because I'm gonna, you know, go meet up with my honey and we're gonna live that life. And but they do it, watching it the second time, Bucky does say to Captain that he's gonna miss him and Ca he's gonna be gone for 10 seconds. So that was kind of your clue that, like, I'm gonna miss that. I'm not gonna, the person I see in front of me right now is not gonna be the same person that comes back. It's gonna be an older version of you that probably I'm not gonna spend as much time with because you're 105 years old or whatever it is. But, um, and I think that's maybe why he gave it to uh, Falcon. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because they're doing a spinoff on. Uh, they're the gonna Disney do a show stuff. together, right? You know they're gonna be tossing that fucker around. Yeah, okay. Gonna be hitting dudes with it and shit. So, and we saw it when Bucky and Cap fought. I mean, the shield is a a tag team weapon. You can hit some dude with it. You can pass it off to your partner. He can hit him with it. You can punch him. It's it's great. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um. That. We're gonna have to talk about that Disney thing because this seven dollar price point is not gonna work if they're doing a fucking Avengers card TV show. It's like, is it gonna help. be shitty? Are they not gonna have any? Action? Yeah, like, is this gonna be just a bunch of still images with voiceovers? Because I don't know how they're gonna pay for this. Okay, the numbers have to add up at a certain point here. Um, let's uh, call it. Mike actually just messaged me that like his shit just died anyway. Um, and we got a long, we got a pretty long show at this point. I'm just happy nothing in this movie was justified by saying so and so forgot about the Iron Fleet. That was uh, sorry, Stefan. That would hurt me to my core. Um, hey, I finished Umbrella Academy, by the way. <laughs> okay, oh, good job. <laughs> right. uh, I no, I, I honestly, do you know what it is? I thought I had, but I guess like because I ended up on this fucking flight back from New Jersey before we remember ending this podcast. But like, I they're like, oh, Wi-Fi on the flight. I'm like, great. I'm gonna watch the first. I'll be able to watch some of the Warrior game. And then mm. I get on the plane. They're like, Wi-Fi's broken. I'm like, all right, what's on the tablet? I'm like. Oh, shit, I got, like, four episodes of this show left. Okay, I'm finishing Umbrella Academy on this fight. Um, or flight. I said fight. It's MMA podcast, sorry. Um, I'm glad they're getting a season two. Oh, good. Because that show ended with just, like, I thought oh, we are yeah. going to wrap it up. Okay. And I'm like, I mean, spoiler alert, that bitch put a hole in the moon. <laughs> so, like, they got to address that. Um, and I'm not proud of how long it took me to realize that was Mary J. Blige. 
I remember thinking that. Yeah, like, I, I it took me like four episodes to be like, Is that Blige? Um, anyway, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully Game of Thrones has made stuff on a little happier by then. So maybe they've Nearly made sense impossible. of the book. <laughs> I mean, look. Yeah, we, you could always just move. We're, we're just going to take one step ahead of the next. And they and go like, back in time, maybe. You know, just, you know what? Just don't read the internet too much, people. The, all, everything's been yeah, leaked anyway. Bran will use his time manipulation powers to fix this shitty mess of the season. Real talk. Time. Bran has served no purpose in this season, right? He's memes. Like, they need someone to make memes off of. So he made some weird faces in that first episode and was like, good, great. <laughs> I like how Brad was like, if we're not going to warn you about this motherfucker out here with this giant crossbow, let me tell you about my 200-year-old fucking wheelchair. That's That seems like a good use of everybody's Mark, time. he tells a wheelchair anecdote. He tells a wheelchair anecdote. Okay, I can dig. I, mean, I just, there was a Starbucks cup on the table. That was another thing. That, that Stefan clued me in on that. I was like, oh, I got to see you know that. what? I like, I like, I like somebody found a picture of uh, the girl who plays Sansa um, holding the Starbucks cup and mm. saying, this is some next level chess right here. Putting it in front of Danny. So everybody blames her ass for what happened. Um, and then fucking goddamn Ned Stark keeps a secret for 20 years. Loses his fucking head. His kid can't keep it for 10 fucking minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, that's a that's for another time. Um, we'll be back next week, guys. Thank you all for listening. We missed a week. Um, last year, we got 52 podcasts in a year. Um, we'll see if we can make one up at some point this year. Um I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe something in this sport will happen that's so big that matters. Um, maybe, I don't even know what that would be at this point. It would have to be something unprecedented. This I, it would have sport to... ceases. They are shutting the doors, selling the UFC for parts. It would have to be like something happens in the middle of the week big enough that we're like, we got to do a show. Like It would have to be like somebody goes to interview Brock at his farm, and you get there, and Brock is just fighting like a fighting a monkey for sport. Just Brock is tussling with a gorilla. At that point, okay, we'll probably do a podcast in the middle of the week. And now we've come full circle with the beginning of the show. That's what you try to do, man. You try to we try oh, to yeah, tie it all together. I'm it. just <laughs> telling you when I when I write the when I put the hashtags, gorilla is gonna be on there. Man versus gorilla is gonna be on there. Man versus polar bear. All these things, you know. We're, right now, hey man, we had a half an hour discussion about Avengers because I'm trying to leak the. I'm trying to squeeze the last juice out of the fucking Avengers SEO oh, I can. Yeah. Two weeks after this thing has come out. Um. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, as I mentioned. Uh, Lavender Gooms' internet died. Um, and he's the only one not streaming. A, only one not streaming a basketball game or something in the background. So, fuck Time Warner Cable. Um. And uh, that's it. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Whenever our theme music actually wants to start playing, come on now. There it is.